So, sorry guys, episode two is slightly missing about seven minutes of audio due to some, well, fuckery like normal. So, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Alright guys, for the start, <laughs> All right, um, well, let's go to Chris. We'll hold off on you for a second. Some fun things to do with you. Uh, Jared, go ahead. Um, you run for CSM for the New Bros. And I've always had a few of them. We were running New Bros stuff when I first started back in 2006. I'm voting.
Yep. Yeah. I don't know what is going on. I'm trying to fix that right now. Good old technical difficulties. Can anybody hear us? <laughs> All right. Um, well, hopefully I at least have the recording audited so you guys can listen to it on podcast. Um, all right, so <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Um, so brisk, yeah, what the heck is going on? I can get everyone but your guys' voices. Great. Let's see. All right, good old technical difficulties. Hopefully this works, maybe. Um, so you guys know elections end in the 15th, so I want to give you guys a chance to approach last-minute pitches for people who haven't voted yet and um, raise some things up for the pesky triangles that own 27 systems that you guys might want to keep out, keep an eye on, maybe not ruin things for us too much since it is kind of space hell. Yeah. with the space first uh, and get it to where it's in a good a good place. And then hopefully that'll, that'll, the standings issues will take care of themselves. Yeah. All right. It looks like I got it finally working. Um, right. <laughs> there you go. Good old technical difficulties. Here are my dulcet tones. Now. Yeah, the dulcet tones. Uh, Juris. Hello. Um, I know you're a new bro. I know I heard you and Mike Azariah kind of mention like triangles or, you know, don't direct people there right away. It is dangerous space. I actually love Poshman and Trigolivian space. And I love the, the fact that uh, Abyssals in particular, Abyssal Dead Space, have introduced a, a unique channel for people to make income while also be able to enjoy instanced content. In the sense that if you're somebody who, you know, you've got a hard job or you've got a big family, you come home at the end of the night and your only time to be able to play is 20 minutes after your kids have gone to sleep. You know, Abyssal Space is one of the few areas in the game where you can jump on, play for 20 minutes, get your content and get out. And, you know, for people who are new players and want to try this game in, in earnest and see what it's like to be self-sufficient, the only place where you can really do that without a lot of the baggage that has come with other areas of space is in Poshvin. You know, you, you don't have the ability to anchor new upwell structures. You're not suffering from the structure spam and uh, some of the the stuff that comes with having structures as bases of operation to move big things around. You know, you, you're you're actually constrained in, in a lot of ways, in unique ways, that this game used to experience 
over a decade ago that people have forgotten about. And yeah, I think that there's some definite problems in the sense that you guys, you know, I think you're in a position now where you're starting to get started for ways to make money. I know that there's definite problems with trying to make a home and, and, and to, to make it more enticing for people to go there. But I recommend people try Boschman all the time because of the fact that it is sort of one of the few areas in Eve where your experience is, is clean of some of the what have become polluting elements in gameplay. Like, look yeah. at what look at what the presence of Keepstars has done to Losek and Fakwar. Yeah. yeah, we have that. Yeah, but we struggle with the issue of they're never replaceable. I mean, we lost another problem. Yeah, we lost another one, and yesterday, um, there's the As Asbel or Asbels, as Chris, as as Chris's good friend and Goon Swarm would know. Um, so it it throws a different wrench in the plan because I mean structured jump cloning is you know a pain in the butt uh waiting to have standings too right like yeah i mean you need a minimum of four to access everything um that's gross yeah it's a little gross <laughs> <laughs> i have i have an alt that i had re originally set up to be a dread alt that i just hadn't been using because it's on the same same uh, account as my main and i haven't moved him off yet and i was like you know what i'm gonna st i'm gonna start a new stream of videos where i'm just running missions with him and i want to get him up to level four missions and like it's it doesn't take that long but like the standings grind to just to be able to run missions is is a pain in the neck and i'm going kaldari navy right now just to see what it's like because he the, the pilot's kaldari and i was just like god the poshvin guys must just hate this like it's just hate it. Uh, every time you start a new ult, you. these guys are experts they i know, know, I know they've gamed it pretty quick like like Eve players, any Eve player, you guys have been maxed the shit out of the stuff. But like, just having to do that for every time you have a new character, uh, I that that I'm a lazy player. That's enough to make me not want to do it. I I did create some alts recently, and I did do the cheesy way of just target painting, so that I could at least have dual positive standings with Triggs and Edencom. But uh yes, we do have ways to get standings quick. But there's weirdos like. This guy right here, who, uh, who, uh, no, I didn't do the old-fashioned way. I did the, uh, I only killed sleepers and drifters because I traveled through high cycle a lot, and was I lost a lot to Edencom, so. Yeah, I feel your pain. My, my, my poor officer fit Nurgle that I lost on a gate to the Edencom gate rats. I hate them. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a little different. I mean. We live there, we spend a lot of time there, and some of the things that people say, like the giant isk sink that it was, it was broken for like four of the six months. And it took a little while for us to get up and running, and then the seagulls came in. So I, I hate when people always be like, but you guys are rich. And I think I only made uh, maybe, I know, I think Bing, you probably ran more than me, uh, right. more than me, but... um. I think I only max made probably around four and a half, five billion over a month and a half of actually being able to run them. That's it's still not the worst money, but not it, but it's not the best either. It's not it's, it's not the twenty four billion you know stuff that these guys were all being accused of being of making in a month or, and everything. Yeah, but. or the three hundred bill a month in roaching fleets and wormhole space. 
right? Yeah. yeah I think yep. Blue Loot has probably got you guys beat a little bit. Just saying. <laughs> but the small issue is frustrating to me because I mean this this is the, it has been an issue for what two months now since they since they lifted the standings it was an issue before they lifted the standings it got ten times worse and I know that it's on CCP's radar and it's just one of these things we're trying to get a little bit of attention on that area has been difficult given everything else that they're working on but I'm still pushing it for you guys because I know it's a big pain in the ass and it's not fair it's not right it's it's they fixed it with incursions. I mean, people were doing that with incursions, and they went in there and changed the mechanic and made that less viable. So yeah. we need to get that done for you guys, too. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do feel bad for um, income. Also, they they kind of got screwed out of the deal, too. So, But it, we, we, we're missing a lot of stuff, and it doesn't help that half the stuff is still broken. But all right, let's. Well, let's that, unfortunately, okay. the nature of CCP, they love to make a big deal, add a, a huge whole new section of the game, uh, leave it in half done, and then go do something else. <laughs> yep. Yep. That sounds about right. That sounds pretty accurate. Um, so let's drift off this a little bit. Uh, I don't know if Juris has dealt with this yet, but Brisk, how, uh, how have the mobile observatories been so far? You know, we, we saw a large amount of wailing and gnashing of teeth when they were first introduced. There were claims that the hunter community was not going to be able to do anything anymore. This was going to destroy hunter gameplay. It was going to destroy the ability to move titans and supers through low sec uh, covertly. It was going to destroy the hyper super hunting doctrines that were out there. The, the single guys like to drop supers on everything. And at least so far in the last week, all of the fears that I had heard, I mean, I even heard from some from of our senior FC saying there's no way we're going to have big fleet bomber fights anymore because these guys, you know, they're just going to drop these things. But I think all of the stuff from the field that I've seen is that these things are super squishy. They are very easy to kill. And the way the mechanic works is it's, it's like, you know, bait. As soon as one of these things gets dropped, people start just going to shoot for it and, and you can kill them pretty quick. So... I haven't seen any of the of the real evidence of of all the fears that everybody had uh, when these were first announced coming true yet. I think it's probably a little early. We had CCP Rise on uh, Rampage Incorporated on on Friday night, and we were talking with him about it. And I think he said the same thing. Basically, they're they're watching everything, but so far they haven't seen any of the worst case scenarios. But it's still very early, and they're going to keep monitoring if they need to make any tweaks. Now, I think yeah. personally, I've been asking from the beginning. Uh, the 15 minute invuln timer on the cloak hardening timer. I want that to be a half an hour just because the only, the only legit case that I was concerned about was moving supers. And if you get it up to 30 minutes, that's the max red timer that gives you, you know, the most chance to, to be safe while you're, while you're doing that. Uh, although you shouldn't be doing it solo anyway, but that's another story. Uh, but I think that was the only change that I would like to see them make right now. But so far, other than that, it seems like things are okay. But I'd be interested in hearing if you guys have had any experiences. No, for us, we're in the happy zone of they can't be deployed. So <laughs> I know Bing and his Asteros are happy to hunt. Yeah, I, um, I'm excited to see what it does with, uh, with Black Ops for us because we're considering using that more in our doctrines as well and adapting adapting to that, you know? Um, but as of yet, we really haven't felt the impact of it. Yeah. 
I mean, we, I mean, I know Bing and I, and a lot of our Alliance members and a lot of our, uh, a lot of our blue triangle coalition members, you know, we spend a lot of time just sitting in our space hell because we're trying to maintain control a bit, or we're constantly small game against other people. So we have guys leave caution. Where are you going? Jitta. <laughs> yeah. shipping. Yep. Back home. So we we're working on some um, you know, speaking in broad terms, some initiatives to get out of Posh more and, and kind of have more of a presence, right? As as Kybernauts and you know, Trigolabian aligned players. Like we definitely want to do that and, and participate more in the community. But uh it's it's taking some time and some effort because the politics and inner working excuse me inner workings of Potchman are very complex my whole camera is just like going going downhill but yeah um, <laughs> so we're, we're trying to figure it out with um what that future looks like and where we're going as well right because we want to be a part of the greater picture um but we don't want to like get crunched as soon as we do i guess does that make sense no, I mean, I mean that's the thing. Like we're in the same boat, and also, like we can't. Right. It's hard for us to leave our containment zone and delve because if exactly. we do, we're worried about the bads coming in and doing stuff. So, right. I understand where exactly where you guys are coming from. So, Jarius, um, are you kind of instructing, or have you done a YouTube video yet about? Well, as Reddit has called it, the moobs. I have not. <laughs> um, really quickly on the mobile observatories. Uh, I think the biggest thing I can say about them is uh, thanks for the free kill, CSP. <laughs> I mean, like, 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 I'm honestly, I'm looking at the, the kill board for it right now. 14 killed today. That's higher than average. Most of them are from Quarius. So obviously somebody's using them, but why when they die so quick? I have no idea. I'd love to see something come in in the mechanics that makes them um, a little bit more resistant to damage or, or have something to offset their squishiness a little bit because otherwise what's the point of introducing them they're just going to get killed and eventually it's going to be like them. that's the thing you gotta have a little you gotta get a couple yeah. guys sitting around waiting you know what it, to me the the ability to abuse these for hazing is just so much more fun because the small cost to them drop a bunch of them so that they have to go destroying them and while they go destroy them hit their ess like this is the kind of hazing stuff that i love the mechanics you can do with this that people don't immediately think about by the way you're welcome um and <laughs> it's it's one of those things that like you know what's the what's the offset like how how does this make gameplay more fun and that, in my mind, should be the first question anybody asks about any new idea for EVE or any new development is, how does this make the game more fun? Yeah, In this I mean, case, it's free kills. So, like, I'll say yes. The mission free success. kills are good. Yeah, free kills are good. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, don't, I like the idea, but I think it was a little too quickly done. Um, I know cloaky camping is a problem, but I wouldn't know I it because it hasn't, it hasn't stopped our blobs. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, we don't no notice anything. whatsoever. Yeah, we, we, yeah. In fact, I'm very excited about the new uh, blobs BS changes. Yep. Yeah, the BS changes should be interesting um, for blobs. Do you, guys, do you guys do a lot of blobsing out of, out of your space? Because I know you have sort of like the new Eden super highway of opportunities. You can basically get to nearly any region from where you're at. Uh... We are kind of working on that. Um, we can bridge out to a lot of different places. Even just one jump 
down the pipe in Poshman, you can end up going from someplace in Vale to someplace in Aquarius. I guess the fun part about it is you can end up anywhere if you really want to. And I know, I know some of the guys that own, um, uh, what do they have in Nuvula Bing? Is that the Phoenix? They've been using that to bridge out into Losec and Nullsec. Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I, I do know that that's definitely on the horizon for us. Like we're, we're trying to figure out how it fits because you're absolutely right. Like, one of the greatest things about Pochman is it's like a a super highway, right? It's a it's a place exactly where we can basically right. go anywhere in New Eden without without any kind of issues. And we're just trying to figure out how that works. Unfortunately, we're so entrenched in this conflict that's going on right now in Pochman <laughs> that we haven't really had time to do anything else. Like we're either I, I'm kind of thinking that there's an opportunity for you guys to make massive bank by just gaming the the logistics of moving big things around Eve. Like Using Poshman, how much faster than using Thera can I go from Cache to Aquarius? A lot faster. A lot faster. So, like, you know, you start providing uh, positive escorts or safe haven for, like, Red Frog and Black Frog. Like, come on, guys. Like, you, as a group, if, if Poshman wanted to establish, you know, safe route for people, you could charge for that. Like, you could charge. We're talking NullSec rental empire rates to charge for that kind of stuff. Oh, Brisk, are you interested? I mean, no, Jurius is absolutely right. And this is something we've been talking about internally for a little while because, I mean, look, you're exactly right. You guys, you can go from one end of the map to the other through Poshvin, two or three jumps, but you're still in jump range of all the systems because they're they're while they're in Poshvin, they're still technically in space. So, you know, you get a wormhole in, a wormhole out. You got, you can get, I mean, I'm waiting. I think that's going to be a thing eventually when people figure out how to do it. Like, you know, when, when people figured out how to use a drifter wormholes, it became a thing. I think it's going to be a thing where we're jumping through Pochman, moving big fleets and moving them around to get and hit people in their backfield before they even realize we're there and try to figure out how the hell we got there. You know, how does that <laughs> fleet get here? You know, and that, you know, I think that that's going to be kind of cool uh, yep. once people figure that out and start doing it. Yeah, no, it definitely adds a nice, interesting twist to it, except, you know, it's space hell. So you have to be careful because every gate might be bubbled. Doesn't that just add to the fun, though? <laughs> it does, except for, you know, I've lost a couple battleships flying to defenses on gate camps, so... <laughs> it's a yeah, deadly space. We were, we were talking about um, bugs earlier, right, and how Poshman is so bugged. Like, the insta-locking drifters, insta-locking drones, insta-locking um, Edencom has been uh, a huge, like, problem for us. Like if you don't get killed once every three days by drifters in Pochman, like you're you're probably just not out there that much. It's crazy. It's not even just necessarily the insta locking. It's their perfect application and the range at which they. Oh engage. yeah, yeah. It, it, when when a when a drifter battleship has the ability to hit you at 320 kilometers away with a perfect hit instantly, it's like, okay, well that's that's great. Yeah. Well, you got wrecked in a shuttle right outside of our station uh more than once, more <laughs> than once. and it's you know it's crazy that you know you're, they're interlocking so hard even on tiny shuttles that you should be able to get past everything like it's a little ridiculous right yeah 
I'm surprised at at the the speed at which they look too. Like their their scan resolution is so cra- crazily high. Even like the uh, the Council of Diplomatic shuttles, which have a um, a bonus to that, they still get locked right away. Like I, I took an interceptor too through there with um, well under two second a line, and I nearly got napped. And I was like, wow, that is that is insane. Um, we've actually, we were coming back from a defense. I was maybe like a couple seconds right behind one of our buddies and, uh, I made it through fine, but I was chuckling cause his, you know, the new thing is shuttles with all the nullification changes. His shuttle was down into like, he had 30% haul left and that was rogue drones. That wasn't even drifters because he got instant locked the second he came out of jump, uh, gate cloak. So so Thanks. let me ask you guys a question and turn the tables here a bit. Other than, you know, the locking changes and the things that are obvious immediate pains in the short term, what are your biggest crosses to bear in terms of like things that you want to see change or things that would make Triglavian space and Poshman attractive to more people? Uh, all right. Well, Bing, I'm sure you've got some opinions on this, but I'll go with the ones on top of my mind. Um, the OBSs or the flashpoint observatories, they kind of need to get nuked down a little bit on how much ISK they dump out and have different ISK sinks in there. Um, not ISK sinks, ISK faucets, I should say. Um, because that is, mm-hmm. There are the world arcs that Pro Edencom can do, and they can make a bunch of money off of it, but Triggs aren't going to shoot Triggs and tank their standings. Um, so there is just a, a giant lack of non-mining PvE content. Um, we spend a lot of time in a home system, so we get some of the fun mineral fields um, out of Pokemon, whereas no one else gets them. But there's just a severe lack of, uh, in my opinion, a severe lack of PVE content. Um, so diversification of it. Yeah, every, everything's sunk into the max, well, the three Flashpoint observatories that can exist at one time and nothing else. I mean, you can spend millions and millions of ISK and a lot of time plinking away at uh, drifters or Encom or drones, waste a lot more money than like the minuscule payout you get. I feel like there's an opportunity that's being ignored there or hasn't been considered in also expanding some of the lore and storyline around that space and what makes it unique. Like what are the Triglavians bringing into it? And I'd love to see like faucets created in exploration and relic sites in your space. That would be unique. Like you could only find things if you're in that space. Um, It's they've created this unique kind of like, perfect garden of space within New Eden where they have all this opportunity to do new things and they've just kind of left it. I mean, it is the the standard MO of CCP to release something that's broken and then leave it for a while uh, if they even come back to fix it. But here they've created an opportunity to inject just far more content, far more story-driven stuff that I'm sure that people like Ursia and Uriel would love to see. And I, I just feel like that's being underserved. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. So um, before I came into Pokemon, before I got involved in the invasion, I was a single cartel pilot. And that's kind of, like I said, that's where I cut my teeth and everything. And so data and relic sites and, you know, combat sites out in 
space very much like Potchman are my bread and butter. That's what I understand. It's where I came from. And wormholing is huge to us. And right now, it, it, it does seem like it's very underutilized. It's very kind of empty space, except for what content we choose to make for ourselves. Um, but I think the biggest thing is like CCP's kind of got their hands full, right? They've got the war out in Delve is going on. And it, it depending on who you ask, it's either ending tomorrow or it's never going to end. Um, <laughs> and, and until that does, I don't think CCP is going to release that next chapter. And that's something that we talk a lot about because about once every couple of days, we're like, man, come on, CCP, please. Like, let's go. Like you, you gave us this amazing space. You gave us this amazing storyline and you touted the proving and the Triglavians versus the drifters and all the lore that you'd have to talk with Astarothi about. Cause I, I don't have the capacity to remember it all, but the gist of it is like, let's go, let's do this. And it definitely seems like they're waiting until this war ends before they launch into that. I mean, we know there's three gates in the home systems that have, as of yet, not been opened. Um, and those gates are going to be key, we believe, to whatever that next chapter is. Um, but I, I agree with you, man. I, I wish that there was more going on because right now it's OBS, it's mining fleets, it's a lot of defensive timers for us right now. Um, but there's not a lot of just kind of low kinetic stuff that we can do either individually or like in small gang um that, that makes it worth you know being out there like we've been expanding back into wormholes and gas mining doing data and relic sites doing combat sites because it's just there's nothing really there like you said so you're, I mean, you're going outside of your own space to find content elsewhere absolutely because yeah. there's not enough of there would it be fair to say that those unopened gates feel a little bit like the closed door in the captain's quarters when we had walking in stations <laughs> oh my god yes absolutely yep. i remember that time and we were all like what's behind the door what's behind the door like let, let's find out what this is gonna be and like ccp is like nothing like we haven't heard anything about it it's like come on man like what we as as Kybernauts, as Triglavian aligned players, we talk about the proving, and that's not just some words to us. That's why we have fights and we, we go out and we try to PvP and we're getting better and better at the game. Um, but right now, it, it just it's like, show us what's behind the veil, man. What's what's behind door number two? Like, let's go. Um, so, yeah. How's nice. the PvP been? I mean, what do you guys end up fighting in there most of the time? Is it each other or is it is it the outsiders coming in? <laughs> It's a mixture. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a mixture. Um, we it depends on the day, right? Like, um, we we have fleets that come in and we try to get into fights with those. I think for Kybernauts, we're in a unique position because we're a almost like a small gang group who got into this space because we looked at it as our war chest, right? We fought in the invasions, we earned this space. Now we're out here living in it, and we sometimes find ourselves being outnumbered by a lot of the other factions that are out here. So for us recently, it's been a lot of timers. It's been a lot of traveling from gate to gate, looking for, you know, stragglers, people who came in here to explore, to look around and just kind of like, Hey, get off my lawn. This isn't your house. Um, but I hope that in the future, like I know there's a big initiative to have like five man gangs. I forget who's putting that on. But um, to have five-man gangs coming in, roaming around Potchman, getting to fights, I think those things are fantastic. And I think that's going to bring attention and variety that we want and need into the game. Yep. And I mean, I brought this up last episode with Opus Magnus. Um, uh, 
that you know Roque Capel has been friendly to our uh, original kind of Thunderdome Pacman idea that we had when it first came into being of ships are fair game, structures are off limits. Like allow people, you know, there we have there are free ported structures out there um, in the space, so people don't need the standings to repair or or fit their ships because yes, you need standings to even fit your ship. Um, and you know, we we've lost ships to them, we've killed some of their stuff, but they don't hit structures because they're abiding by the rule. Like they come in and third party on stuff to help keep the structure, but the second the structure defense is done, it's, well, the normal clusterfuck that any of our timers are of everyone just starts shooting everyone pretty much. You know, we save the structure. Now everyone kill each other. I like right. that. That's fun. Right? No, yeah. A little bit, little bit of, a, of, a, of a Thunderdome in there at the end. Yeah, cool. yeah. Well, I, I thought it was funny, you know, reading some of the things on Reddit about um, uh, you know, Micromancer was out, and you had, you know, Karma Fleet was out there, and they were just commenting how much fun they had out in our space, because, you know, there's no capitals or super capitals, and it does kind of turn into a cluster after the defense is done. Everyone just starts shooting at everyone, because you know, our Asbel timer had frat and goons helping to protect the structure, which is, you know, <laughs> only a pocketing can you get that weird defense happening. Can I hit you with a weird question? Yep. Do you think that the Triglavians need answer to the upwell structures for Triglavian space? Personally, I would like to see something. Um, I mean, half the because things in our LP store you can't purchase because the items don't exist for it. Absolutely, um, corporation. It would make sense that you shouldn't be able to anchor them in your space. Well, I, I was just thinking more along like we have an LP store, which half the stuff you can't purchase out of it because the items just don't exist in the game. Um, so why have all these things you can't use, like you can't ever purchase? Just get rid of them and maybe make you know a a core make core super expensive, but like limit it to you know smaller structures. Instead of, I, I can't remember if it's like 10 or 15 items that you just literally cannot purchase. One of the things that Rise and I were talking about on the Rampage stream, which I think is interesting, was a concept of having different flavored cores for structures. And for example, like if you had, if you're in Poshman, you could drop a structure, but you can't core it unless you use a Triglavian core that only somebody with standings can put into a, into a Citadel or something like that yeah. uh, yep. to make it so that they can add new structures, but it's not just willy nilly and it's gated behind something that it's hard that you guys have gotten because you live there and it provides a benefit to the defenders. And we yep. were talking about something like that for faction warfare too. You know, if you, you drop a core, like you drop in a Mar core in faction warfare in a Mar space and only a Mar aligned pilots can use the system the services, that type of thing. And I think that would that if they can do something like that and make the cores like have a faction flavor to it that has a standings gate, I think that would be kind of cool and it might solve the issue for you guys so that the, these structures don't have to be so, you know, critically important because once they're gone, they're gone forever. Yep. There should be a way to. I mean, there's there's no reason why there shouldn't be a way to put something there. You can't really live in that space in Eve anymore if you if you can't put structures down. So. Right. 
Right. I think that yeah. would be kind of cool if they could start looking at something like that. Well, yeah, the fact I, that you guys you guys lose the utility of mobile depots even, like having even just small deployables that would give you advantages in your space that other people don't get because they don't live there and they don't have the standings. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I we need a lot of these things, but on the flip side of the coin, you know, I, talking about like faction warfare or something, um, giving Eden something that would be fun to continue perpetuating the role play that was created versus in, with invasions where, you know, they have a section of space. I mean, Concord already has space. Why not give Edencom some space and we can go and attack that and keep the friendly frenemy hating each other, but, you know, giving each other content situation going instead of, eh, like, you know, I'm seeing, you know, role play, fuck that. Well, most triangles are at least some realm of role playing. I mean, I don't role play it hard. Have to be, it doesn't even have to be like super role playing stuff. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, but if you can get, if you can just get, you just create a situation where you have, you know, something that people want, they want to fight, they want to go there and they want to fight about it. That's, that would be, I think that would be fun. And if it's Edencom, because that's the natural aggressor to the tricks, that's fine. But if it's just something to create some kind of conflict, I think would be helpful. And I just yep. don't think it's there right now, which frustrates yeah. me. I'm and I don't, frankly, it drives me nuts that like the tricks are fight, the tricks are fighting drifters, you know, the, the fighter sleepers. Okay. But why, I, I thought the whole point of the invasion was Edencom versus Trig, and now you guys are fighting something different. It just doesn't, in terms of like the, the storyline, I'd like to get it back to this being more player versus player type stuff. Yeah. Rather yep. than this PVE bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it, it'd be nice. I mean, kind of something like Faction Warfare, where we could at least, at least have something of side versus side, which would keep conflict going and give people something fun to do other than well we got timers or let's run obs fleets which there's sliders flying in and no one's making more than like 50 million isk and they're flying in with their you know 1 billion isk shacks to try and do it like eh. or you have you know pvpers no I, I i like that amelia dust space is coming in with the five-man fleets and doing that fun things but when you have other PVP groups that are in there in force, they'll just all hot drop in and be like, oh, well, now you all died and you're not going to be able to run this because, well, the Dreadnought spawned and its bashing mode is going to keep spooling up for forever until no one can beat it. Yep. Like, it's, there, there is some the, some flaws to, you know, what, what's going on in this space. And I think that outside, you know, some, some form of content driver, like, Faction warfare was in the beginning would be nice to have as long as they, you know, don't let it fall to the wayside like faction warfare did. But all right, um, I know Brisk has some some things to do today. Did you already do your stream of you in the hot tub? I've got, I've got five minutes left and then I got to go out and start finishing stuff up. So. <laughs> all right. Yep. Yep. Hot well, I told you. In right. an hour and 20 minutes on Sheltark Sarkari's uh, stream. So join us afterwards, guys. It'll be fun. Um, so I wanted to get to this because I like doing this. Um, kind of going to be the staple of the show is, you know, crazy deaths or funny kills that you've gotten recently. Um, me this week, I can't think of one because um, they already covered our fun Orca kill. Bing, do you got anything? Any fun kills you got this week? Besides our constant I'm, I'm battles. Looking right now, that's that's a good question. <laughs> All right, Chiris Doctor, I don't know how much you PvP. Let's go with you before we go to 
okay, space I, politician. Funny, I will give you a, a funny death. I'm, I'm just going to grab it right now. One sec here. I have the Kilmer or uh, Kilmel for it. Uh, I was not on this Kilmel because I missed it. It died before I got there. <laughs> but um, one of those awful losses of the day, poor guy was moving literally all his stuff and he jumped to the MTACO Sino Beacon in our home system <laughs> in a Phoenix that was suitcased and died pretty much instantaneously. Uh, it was pretty, pretty sad and funny. And I'm going to share this with you guys here in Trigley Leaving Times text. Oh, I don't have ability to chat there. I'll put it in new. Yep. Uh, yeah. Just uh, cross chat. One of the chat channels should be fine. Yeah, there you go. Uh, poor guy. Blueprint library, ships, oh, everything. No. Just <laughs> no. awful. And I was literally in the next system mining. And, and all I hear is Phoenix and Bubble. Phoenix and Bubble. People start like just piling. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to happen quick. And yeah, that's the embarrassing loss for this week. It was wow. just <laughs> watching this poor horde member who I'm sure just came back to the game. And you know, I deal a lot with people who are either returning to the game or new bros. And it's always hard to see somebody just come back to the game and have that like, hey, I'm, I'm going to get back in. I'm going to start doing stuff. And then just like the, the brick of life lands on the egg that is their existence in Eve. And yep. uh, I'm sure that he probably <laughs> signed off. Salty. We, we may or may not have done that to a couple people in Pacman. Why is the space red? Dead. Yep. Hmm. All right, Brisk, since I know you're going to be cutting cutting out of here pretty soon, any uh, any fun, entertaining kill mails you got? Or? So, you know, I, I am Mr. Nullsec PvP guy, but one of the things we do, uh, we every Saturday night in, in Karma Fleet in the Imperium, Karma Fleet's the, the biggest of the, the corporations in Goose Form, and I, I'm kind of the ambassador between in, Initiative and Goons, so I'm in both groups. I've got an alt in Karma Fleet, and then I'm in, in it with my main. But I go hang out with these guys every Saturday night, and Last night, we went out with our mini, we call them Mini Love, uh, the Ministry of Love. They are the high-sec ganking crew that, uh, that, that is, is part of Goons Form. And we were out ganking. We would just, we'd go out and we were fitting out, you know, cheap coursers and, and, and ganking ships. And this was my favorite because I felt so bad after we got this guy last night. This is a, it, a Rhea, nothing in it, but 200,000 nitrogen isotopes. Three expanded cargo holds, three eye stabs. They weren't fitted. This guy must have literally just bought this thing. Like, had not even jumped it once, because it still had a perfect exact number of, of isotopes in it. Started gating the thing, and then we caught his ass and killed him. And I felt bad, but I had to laugh, because I like this is a 12 billionist kill. It was our biggest kill of the night. It didn't, I mean, there was no loot or anything, but it was pretty funny. So <laughs> that made me laugh. And uh, and then he, he was, he was kind of mad. He was com complaining in some of the public chat about uh, us being out there. It's always <laughs> nice to harvest a little salt when you're out uh, with your friends in the, uh, on a late night drunk stream. We've uh, we've done some of that and actually uh, recruited them after blowing up their ships in our space, which is kind of entertaining. Um, before we let you go, um, Brisk, uh, hope you have fun in your hot tub. <laughs> I will. I will. All right. Well, Brisk, you have a good time. And Thanks, uh, Thanks for having me. I appreciate yep. it. Yep. Thanks, Brisk. And you too, friend. I've seen you. All right. Um, so we'll continue on with this funny topic. Uh, we had 
what was it, the, the Chiron or whatever, the freighter that undocked. Felt bad about that guy, but he ended up joining us after we murdered his ship. And then... It's funny how often that happens, hey? When somebody comes in and they lose stuff to you and you're like, hey, since we're talking, what are you doing later? Bing uh, may have recruited some people that way for us. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's one of our one of our standby recruiting tools, right? Is hey, we, we shot you and you know, we were just curious, like, hey, you know, what what are you trying to do in New Eden? Like, why are you out here? Because Pochman, like, you don't you don't fall into Pochman. Like all of the wormholes literally say, Hey, this leads to Pochman and that's dangerous space. Like you, you really can't miss that memo. Um, so when somebody's out there, you know, we're like, hey, what, what's going on? What are you doing? Um, so one of the things, that idea you had earlier, man, that was a really great idea about, um, you know, changing the way that it works with the cores. I think that's key. And I think one of the ways that we could use that is right now, corporation alliance standings really don't mean anything in the region. Um, I think that could be huge if we tied it to that and that. Oh, yeah. I love that, that Brisk and Rice were, were talking about that because that's one of the right. biggest beliefs I have with the game in general is that for years now, they've been talking about the fact that standings are going to become more important. And last year, the year before, two years ago, they, uh, they announced that they had this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nascent gameplay where the new AI, which for a long time people were calling Africanized rats, you know, the Ford operating <laughs> base AI, they had a fight strictly between NPCs that the players did not observe, that they only discovered because they went back and looked at the logs and found that a mining response fleet had responded to the rats that had attacked them, and it was like an NPC v. NPC fight. And it's like, we know for a fact that you they have the ability to tie standings to behavior. Because we know that if you know if you have neutral standings with a group, they're not going to attack you in a lot of cases, with the exception of like Trigolivians and Edencom. If, if you've got even 0.01 standings, you're going to get shot or targeted by them. But there's a lot of rats that, you know, um, you go into Grista space, you have negative standings to, or um, neutral standings to Gristus. You go past one of their mining fleets, they're not going to shoot you on sight. They're not going to summon a response fleet right away. And so we know that there's a dynamic there that responds to standings. And my hope going back to like 2016 was that eventually we would see rats where if you had positive standings with a group and you were fighting on the same grid as one of their fleets or a response fleet from them, that they would come and fight on your side. Like I want to see the NPCs fighting with the players or against the players like i want to see the empire start taking sides with the faction warfare groups like i want to see standings count for something other than okay i can dock in this npc station or i can use these services or i can anchor something in this space and there's lots of opportunities for them to set that up but it's a really hard thing to balance for because then how do you keep players from taking advantage of that as we often do <laughs> in extreme or unfair ways and how do you make it interesting for the game and not just make it feel like something that's riding on rails depending on how your you know how many missions you've done or, or how much content you've grinded to get to that point so I, th I think there's a lot of interplay there that could be introduced but i think the fact that 
the 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 way that things are are set up right now are as you've indicated clearly broken in the fact that like drifters and sleepers being able to target you from 350 kilometers with perfect application that's just broken it's been broken for years it's been broken in wormhole space like the number of uh, explorers and, and new players that i talk to they're like hey i got my first astero and then I worked to this site that I scanned down in a wormhole. And the moment I landed, I was instant deleted from 100 kilometers away. I was like, mm, yeah, sorry about that, buddy. Yeah, I, I had something similar to, you know, the instant delete. Um, this is us hunting around, which is, I'm happy that the mobile observatories don't affect us. Because uh, one of our court mates uh, and I... Did a double Astero uncloak un un and, you know, held this dude down and killed him. And then another dude, you know, a couple minutes later, another dude popped up and I found where it was at, watched him warp off. He actually warped to a home field and I followed right after him because I knew where I was warping to and got cloaked by his wreck because Drifters already destroyed his ship and potted him. And I got decloaked and instantly my ship got destroyed, but... I already had that itchy warp finger due to our crazy rats that I uh, managed to get away with my pod. But it was kind of that situation of like, really, really? Like, I get the dead space is great, but like the, that instant death, the second like I was uncloaked is just, ugh, it hurts. It's definitely not fun for sure. Yeah. No. And I've, I've been in the situation of losing, you know, not, not on Jurius, but on some of my alts. You know, I'll be either doing a stream or not paying attention fully, and I'll jump through a, a gate in high sec, and there's Edencom or Trigalians there, and, you know, the second my gate cloaks up, boom, just dead, and then potted, which really surprised me. Like, I didn't realize at first that they potted, and I was like, well, that's a new dynamic. I mean, I'm excited to see it. It means that you get fewer people being inattentive and just, like, sitting AFK on gates, but... I think there's a there's a there's got to be a more uh, graceful way of of managing that than just having them insta lock and blow up whatever's there. Right, right. Like I've I've had incursion rats not kill me that quickly. Yeah. No. That makes sense. So I, I don't know. My 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 feeling is that. I think a lot of the points that you guys have made about how your how the community is in particular is being underserved in in Puckman or Poshman space. I feel like obviously CCP recognizes that there's a dearth of positive development since they were you know since they made it a region. Yep. Um, I like a lot of the points that you guys and and, and in particular Maldavius are raising, um, and that there's you know a lot of voices positively speaking for change there, but I also recognize that from the other side of that, communicating these things to CCP in a way that makes the the biggest, highest impact changes easiest to accomplish, it's a hard thing to articulate. It's, it's yeah. hard to meet them and say, cool, you've done this really good thing, but can we please have just this minor modification of what you're doing now. Like, just take this thing that's already there and tweak it just this littlest bit. And I like the fact that, you know, uh, Brisk in particular brought up the idea of cores, because cores are something they already have. 
It's just literally duplicate this object, give it this extra attribute. If you have that attribute, you can anchor them. If you don't, you can't. That's, yep. that's an example of, a, of an actionable change that can be made really easily with something that's already there. And and going off of what Briss was saying, like have it linked to maybe corp standings because then you're not just going to shop around for, you know, oh, I'm going to be the biggest corp in the world because I'm just going to invite everyone. doesn't matter what their standings are. Whereas, you know, if you have a corporation that everyone has, say like, say it's above 3.0 standing or above 4.0 standing for the entire corp for that faction, allow them to be able to purchase the core to anchor something. You remember when you used to have standings to use NPC stations services, yep. like yep. cloning base and stuff? I remember when I came into this game, um, it used to be that with EVE University, who I joined early on, you had to actually put your characters into an NPC corp that had standings for the cloning base so that you could move yourself to where they were. And you had to kind of sit in that holding corp until they approved your uh, application to get into university. And, and I'm so glad that that is gone. Like, I'm so glad that they've removed that. But I think that something was lost when they took away the dependency on standings for that, because at least then standings were being used for something. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, there's so many things that could be done to kind of rectify the space. I mean, you know, there's so many running jokes of, you know, Poshman is dead, like, but there's. Yeah, but is it one of those situations where it's like, Poshman is dead, long live Poshman? <laughs> yeah, for the most part, it's, you know, Poshman versus the world, because, you know, most people think it's dead. Everyone thinks we're these super crabs. So we hear a lot of Poshman players. I'm going to ask this as kind of a person who's curious, because I live in Nullsec space like Brisk, you know, and I spend a lot of time with new bros, but when I'm recruiting people, if I'm not sending them to EUNI or RVB, uh, you know, I'm typically sending them to another NullSec group because those are the groups that are hiring. And if I'm sending them to a LowSec group, it's good. It's typically somebody like a Band Apart or Rix's group. Yep. Um, so, you know, when I recommend people get in touch with people from Poshman or the Trigalabian Clades, for me, you know, somebody's interested in being a Kybernaut, a lot of the discourse and it's happened here too, and I'm not saying that this is a bad thing, but a lot of it is complaining about the things that are broken. What are the things that make you guys excited? Like, what would be something that, as a change, would absolutely, like, light your socks on fire? Like, you would just love the hell out of it. What would make you excited? Uh, uh, me, personally, bringing back the gate standings. <coughs> you know, the rest of the universe. Yep. For sure. I mean, absolutely. That, that's a valid but, answer. But... For me personally, I don't know, some some variation in content. I don't care. They could nuke Flashpoint Observatories down to nothing for ISK, as long as there's more variation to give more people an opportunity to hop in and, you know, make some ISK PVE in basically NullSec. It's NullSec wormhole. I mean, that's for me personally. Um, Bing probably wants data and relic sites. Yeah, what about you, Bing? I mean, other than the data and relic sites we were talking about earlier, what's a what's a change to Poshman that would make you just overjoyed? Hmm, that's that's a really good question. Um, the data and relic sites, sure. Um, that's that's one piece of it. Um, I I actually am someone who I like I balked at the standings changes a lot. I was like, man, how do they do this to us? Like CCP, please. Like, what are you doing? Um, but at the same time. 
that opened the door for a lot of new people, a lot of new faces, a lot of new organizations to come in. And I think that's great. Like it's, it's there to be played, right? Right. Like empty space is useless. Like we have no purpose for that. Um, we can't just all be polarized to high sec, low sec, null sec, and J space. Like this gives another another option for people. As far as like attracting new players, attracting new people to come in and making it, you know, really pop. I'm kind of with you guys on that. It it needs a little bit of a rework as far as the structure mechanics and that. But I think the biggest thing that I would say is. We have a very unique community in that when there was a question of, you know, being the good guy, as it is traditionally kind of the case, you know, with CCP as far as, you know, Sansha invasion or incursions and, you know, the different conflicts that have gone on. This was the first time that CCP really said, hey, you guys can choose. Do you want to be the, the quote unquote good guy or do you want to be the quote unquote bad guy? And we chose to be the bad guy. And that kind of defines who we are. And we spend a lot of time talking about that and interacting with that that's how a lot of this conflict with em came to be and you know various other factions that have been coming out here i think the biggest thing is we're kind of in a holding pattern right like if i'm if i'm sitting you know and this was one of the struggles that i ran into as the recruiter for kybernauts it is very difficult to put down on paper and say hey a b c one two three these are the things these are the reasons why you should come out and play with us by going to null blocks or going to whatever. So we're kind of stuck in a content loop, right? Where it's going to make it so that very few people um, really see a reason to come out here, right? Because we're not we're not being able to do a lot of the content because of the war. And even when we can, we've got the seagulls. Like it's just unfortunate. And I hate to be the the negative person, but we we really are in a holding pattern where. You know, it, it's kind of opportunistic PvP, opportunistic mining, um, things like that. And I hope that that changes. Um, the the gates are a big part of it. Um, making standings relevant, making the LP store relevant. Those are all things that are going to have to come, I think, before it really makes a lot of sense for a lot of people, you know, to come out here. One of the things that we think about a lot is the, the saturation of the space too, right? How many people can come out and live and work in Pochman before it's too many? It's not like NullSec where there's, you know, a large number of systems. It's only 27 and, and the structures are limited and all that. And it's just like, man, like, so I, 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 I say all of that to say this. I feel like right now there's not a great answer, right? Um, somebody had mentioned in the chat, like, bringing in some more content as far as having something that you could step into it that's not so intensive where you could side with Edencom or Triglavians outside of Pochman and run that content to gain standings and then be able to expand out into the space. It's really a it's really dicey because it seems like, you know, we're just in a holding pattern. And I, I hate that, but I'm I'm afraid that's my my only real answer, right? I mean yeah it's yeah, just... no i mean it's not a bad answer and I, I think if i wanted to ask another question i think i want to play the 10th man in any situation i always sure. want to ask kind of a hard question or a bad question what's the biggest argument you guys have if you're being critical of yourselves against maintaining pushman as a distinct region it's to, unfinished you, if you had to put the <laughs> shoe on the other foot what's like why doesn't Poshman deserve to be in the game? 
Um, that's, that's an interesting question. I hadn't really thought of it from that perspective. I think that there are a lot of people who would make the argument um, that, you know, that space already had a purpose. And a lot of people have, you know, argued that um, it was on rails, like something that we talked about earlier, that it was kind of on rails and like it was a predetermined thing that was going to happen. And I think there are a lot of people that would like to see it go back to the way that it was before, or maybe have some more limitations on what this space can do and how um, open and free it is. But um, yeah, that's, I, I that's want to be clear question. that I'm, I'm asking the question just to kind of be out there with the trudging and and, and just swinging um right. i know what like to me the second nyarja came out of the mix for everybody else that made all of potion worth it for me yep like mm. like, um, like, uh, like eliminating the the 12 jump or 13 jump route between gita and amar was just a master stroke on ccp's part thank you so much ccp for making <laughs> making that more interesting so, so when that happened, I danced around like a happy man because I actually based out of a Mars space and would always take the trip to Jitta. So I was dancing around like a happy man until I realized, oh, we have to make like forty-seven jumps now. <laughs> but I, uh, really good with wormholes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but some of the some of the things that I've seen on some of the Discord servers is like uh, people wishing it would go back to the invasion stage, where you had you know that constant fight back and forth for luminality. And kind of use that as the basis of Poshman and not really have Poshman being what it is, but just having these random systems going in and out where they could be taken back by Edencom and Triggs could push another system and turn that into null. And yeah, that's great and all, but it, I think most people would get burnt out doing that. I mean, Bing probably knows how much time he spent in invasions where, you know, you're pushing for 12 hours. 16 hours straight because all the RP groups are out there pushing against the system. So well, it I makes it a lot harder. Probably, that's probably a lot like the experience that we have in, in NullSec of experiencing burnout from like just weeks of tie-dye fights and like what's going on in Delve right now. There, you're going to get, you know, organizational burnout if you constantly have to maintain a state of vigilance and readiness and constantly fighting that. I think you're right though. I think that, you know, when the invasions content ended, quote unquote, a lot of the interesting aspects of it kind of went away with it. If I was if, you know, just talking to somebody who's running for CSM and wants people to vote for him, if I'm going to be you know completely political with this, I, I something I, I stated a couple of years ago, and I, and I still maintain this, is that I think that the empires butting high sec to high sec is is not okay because politically that very rarely happens on a map when you have organizations at war, like. You know, it, it's very rare that you get a Switzerland, yep. or that you get, you know, like look at the uh, look at the map of of Europe during, during the Second World War. You have areas where in New Eden there really, really, reasonably should be low sec between the empires. There should be these areas of DMZ or lawlessness where, you know, you you're not going to have high sec butting up against high sec border because. The Kaldari and the Galenti do not get along, and yeah. it doesn't make sense from a gameplay level. It leaves out interesting opportunities for conflict. It leaves out interesting opportunities for gameplay and for faction warfare. And and like I would love to see 
the map of New Eden become permeable and not just have the opportunities for more Triglavian space to be added uh, or for Edencom to start taking up pockets. I want to see the opportunity for, for, for the Edencom players to say, you know what? The Galente, they're too wishy-washy. We're going to push them over and Upwell Corporation's just going to take all of Galente space and Edencom's going to take over. Or Triglavian space is going to grow because all those people in Placid and Black Rice are all dirty, dirty pirates. They're going to side on the side of the Triglavians and they're just going to grow it into a much bigger region. Like that's the kind of interesting permeability in the, in the topography of New Eden I want to see change. Yeah. Because that no. to me is interesting. There's a goal, there's an objective and it counts for something more. I mean, the, the, my little counterpoint is I, I, I would think it would be hilarious if we had the initial goal for star systems that were supposed to be pulled out, that we were supposed to steal. I mean, be happy it's only 27 instead of, you know, the max of 81 that they were originally thinking. Like, or even going to like 40 or 50 of them. Like, you guys could have had a much bigger number. Yep. And when people complain about that, I mean, one of, one of our court members, which... Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if we'll be playing anymore. Um, he's done a lot of cool videos and stuff for the the people in Potvin, and um, people started harassing him and stuff. Um, like he he got into it just because he resubbed to the game, undocked in Rarevoss, and the sky was red. And then Still he went no ships in Rarevoss, and and and, and the. Well, and the thing was, is the second, you know, the second he saw the sky was red, he, he was like, okay, what's going on? And he actually started fighting people in a battle workup. Like, for the tricks. Like, he sided on the, he just decided to up and decide to side with the tricks, even though he didn't know what was going on. I mean, good for him for making an immediate decision and going with it. But it's, it's interesting to me how, how people will get so invested in the story that they'll grief somebody over a, a momentary decision to be like, well, I have no idea what's going on right now, but I'm going to go this way. Oh, well, actually, he was he was griefed because he made something for EM, which is our enemies, because they're part of EdenCon. But he's a creative guy, and some people started DMing him all the time in Discord and basically griefed him out of the game currently. So kind of a bummer, but... This game is small enough as it is. Like this community is is so awesome and so interesting, and the people that I get to talk to on a daily basis, you guys included, are are just spectacular compared to other game communities I've been a member of. Yep. And the idea of us griefing anybody out of this game is tragic to me. Like truly freaking tragic. Yep. Like we're between three hundred fifty and five hundred fifty thousand people. We don't actually know because CPCP is not exactly transparent with the numbers. That's actually one of the biggest things I'm calling for a change on is like give us the ability to see how good we are at recruiting for this game. Because we are much better recruiters than CCP, if anything's to be shown by our history. And CCP Rise in particular loves to get on stage and talk about how corporations are the things keeping people in the game. Yes, their first loss or first near miss may be the thing that gets them really hooked into the game, but people stay for the community. They stay for the corporations. They stay for the gameplay. You know, and, and Posture and Space is no different. You know, you have an interesting, engaging kind of style of gameplay. The idea of us griefing anybody out of this game when the game is already so small and we're already having such a hard time growing it like that to me is the worst kind of tragedy. Yeah. Like, uh, well, I mean, he's create. He had like I I almost want to say like half of the Eve eighteen video was his videos. Mm -hmm. And like 
people in uh, unfortunately they're it's triangles calling them a traitor and just constantly griefing them on discord that it's it's unsavory to me it puts a bad taste in my mouth as someone who lives in this space that just because he decided to make something for the opposing faction automatically you know it it gives him free reign to call him a traitor and all this stuff it's like uh you're taking the rp a little too far buddy what is one thing that your your guys' area space and, you, and your player base gets right? I think the really the answer there is the sense of community that we have, right? And and there's a there's a there's a uniqueness to it that I really love, right? We, you know, when I when I think of the main factions out here, there's Strybog, um, there's the Como guys um, slash the Russians, um, uh, Trig Unity, right? There's um, ITC. And I feel like I'm missing somebody, but Jazz's group now, like there's a couple of groups out here. Those groups have a a loyalty and a presence with each other and a rapport with their membership that I think is absolutely fantastic, right? Like we, we're so small in such a compressed space and we're really tight. Like it's a really tight knit group of players. And I think that that was born of the time that this whole thing happened in, right? You know, we were... We were kind of living in our houses, you know, like they were spaceships during COVID and during like the big part of the invasion where, you know, it, it felt like you were kind of adrift in space for real, right? You were stuck in your house. And um, I think that really bred a sense of camaraderie and friendship that um, I know for us transcends even Eve. Like, you know, we're, we're always talking about what's going on in our real lives. You know, we have a, a new kind of an initiative where we're playing other games together. And it's really been a great network, I think, for all of us throughout this whole time. And I think it definitely will be in the future as well. Um, and, and that, I think, is really the big thing is like, you know, the the drama and the, you know, the Internet spaceships and the drifters and all that mess kind of to the side. I think the, the bonds that we have formed and the rivalries that we have as well um, are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think that's my takeaway. I mean, yeah, we, you know, of course, any group, big group of people, there's a little bit of drama that goes on between them. But I feel like for the most part, you know, especially with all the timers we're dealing with, I mean, we had, what, three, four timers to deal with yesterday. Um, and three of them were in one system, which kind of was a chuckle that, you know, EM came as a third party for the first timer that structure disappeared. And then the next two timers actually helped defend against Russians and liquidators and all the other people that were just, you know, oh, this is content. Like we're just going to delete structures and kick over sandcastles. And, you know, even through all that, you know, you have these groups that when Bachman originally created, it was okay. We don't bash each other's structures, but we murder each other constantly. And now it's, you know, we, we still have that camaraderie of, you know, we have to help so each other out. As an outsider looking in, I have to say that Watchmen feels a lot like the British Isles in the sense that you guys will happily fight amongst yourselves, but the, the moment somebody outside goes, you know, uh, screw you guys or screw Liverpool or whatever, the Scot will stand up and go, oi, and point his hand, full hand point, and be like, that's it, fights it. those fighting words. And Pretty much. I love, that, I love that you guys have that because it makes me so happy to see that. You know, yeah. never call Scott a Brit unless he's with a group of other Brits kind of thing. And it's it's interesting to see because there's not a lot of that in other areas of space. There's no way you'd ever see 
Tappy and goons put down the mallets and stop swinging at each other because somebody else comes in. Like, yep. it's just, it's not the way that Nullsec behaves and it's not the way that other areas go. And it would be, I mean, alliances and friendships, like today's friend is tomorrow's enemy, changes all the time in other areas of space. But for you guys, you have a really unique sort of engagement there. And, and that to me is sort of the best lesson out of how do how does how does the uniqueness of Triglavian space and the way it was formed maintain those relationships? Yep. Yeah, no, I mean I, I still got a chuckle of like, you know, being in comms for the Asbel defense and one of the goon FCs going, Yes, that is frat. No, you cannot shoot them. This is the only time you're gonna ever hear a goon say do not shoot frat. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it was just ironic. Like it was like, and everyone started laughing in comms because it's you know anywhere else in in Eve they're gonna be shooting each other, and (laughs) they come they came in and and, you know they're being told do not shoot each other right now. Like wait until the defense is over. Well, and like that first timer, I wonder how much of that was just people going, well, it's already almost there. May as well whore on it, you know. I, I think there was definitely some element of that. I think there was there's some third parties and like, you know, coming in, you know, back into this and becoming Kyronaut's diplomat and seeing like all the all the inner workings of this and all the parties and the personalities at play and you know, going and and, and sometimes being a little bit of a messenger boy and running from this faction to that faction, talking to this person and that person, dealing with all those emotions and feelings and like, it's it's the strangest thing about. Eve, like you know, you were comparing it to other games in broad spectrums. The the other big game that I think about a lot, obviously, it, it you know is WoW, and um, the environment in WoW, from my experience with Shadowlands, is extremely um, very xenophobic. Like you don't talk to a lot of people. It can be really toxic. And meanwhile, like even though we may be fighting in game, um, you know, there's there's still a level of respect that. I think is very important to the majority of the players. And you touched on that. Um, you mentioned that thing. And I, I, I'm so glad that that is the case because it makes new Eden, a unique environment and a unique place to play. Like sure. You know, you may get told to get bent, but um, at the same time, like nobody is actively going to, um, you know, tell you some of the things that you might hear in like call of duty or other games. Like we have a level of respect. And I think that speaks volumes. And and yes, like there's so many ties, and I, I refer to it as a bowl of spaghetti, right? It's it's a huge bowl of spaghetti. But um, I'm so glad that it's that way because it gives me a reason to log on and be a part of this ecosystem, um, at, you know, pretty much every day. Yeah, that is that is definitely the biggest thing I push for when creating my videos on YouTube or or streaming on Twitch and talking to people, is that, you know, yes, Eve is definitely the hardest game you'll ever play. I mean, unless you're, you know, a competitive Go player and you're playing on the national stage, because right. you know, Go is just ten. It's 3D chess compared to Eve. Uh, but of the MMOs and of the games out there that you can play, yes, Eve is incredibly hard. Yes, there's a giant skill wall to climb, and there's a lot to learn, both soft skills as a player, but also understanding the community. But by the same token, the guy who shoots you today will very happily stop and have a conversation with you about what you did wrong and how you lost that fight to him. And he's also going to be probably the first guy to buy you a beer. And this community is, I mean, not to say that there aren't toxic douchebags out there, like all of tissue pretty much falls into that category, but there are a lot of people in this game that, you know, 
enemies, like the harshest of enemies in game in the in the Nullsec story, will sit down and have beers or go, you know, on a pub crawl with the devs. And I've never experienced that anywhere else. Like I, I've seen like true almost like soccer hooligan sort of rivalries come out of groups from different games that would never exist in Eve. The community is just too awesome. Yeah, I mean we right. we you know, we shit talk each other so hard on Reddit and even, you know, on streams and stuff, but the second you sit us down to bar together, we're all drinking a beer, talking about stuff that any sane person would be like, What are you guys talking about? Like spaceships? A Mar? What is this? And we all know it's kinda of like that, you know, huge community of like one giant inside joke that we all know what's going on and everyone else is kind of confused. Like we all suffer through it, but we have fun doing it. Like we love it. Yeah. That's that's something that I really hope that the those events start happening again soon now that like you know COVID's kind of seems to be backing off. I, I hope we see more um ccfp events eve atlanta you know the other ones that are out there eve vegas and all of that because i think that that is a another factor that while you know there are other cons and other elements like that i think that it's something that we really we really need because it gives us the chance to come together and, and really do that break bread and talk about our experiences and tell jokes and stories and have all of that and i i think a lot of players um, I, I've never been personally because I've been in and out of the game a lot with real life, but I think a lot of players are really missing that. And now that I've become so involved um, in, in kind of the story and the lore and all these things, like, I just can't wait. I mean, I look forward to it so much. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I was hoping Rix was going to be here, Juris. So you guys, you know, so I could, we could have, you know, a little mixture of, of people with different perspectives. And when I was talking to Rix, told him, uh, well, you're a member of the Rust Belt like I am. I'm just further west than you are. And instantaneously, he was just like, dude, you should uh, come out to, to the EVE event we have in Pittsburgh next year. I, I'm honestly looking forward to getting out to those events again. Um, I actually, when I lived in Vancouver before I moved a couple of years ago, two years now, uh, I've lived in my new home in the interior of BC. But I ran the Vancouver meetup group that would meet pretty much once a month. And we always met on the third Tuesday of the month. And we would honestly just go to a pizza parlor and just sit and have pizza and beers and just talk about the game. And we were extraordinarily lucky to have a couple of former CCP devs um, that lived in the city that would come out to all these events. And it was just a ton of fun to to sit and just, you know, there'd be a little bit of a friendly ribbing about, you know, somebody doing something really dumb or their corporation losing a, a time or a, a strat op. But things never got heated and nobody ever took anything too personally and uh i can't wait for those events to come back up again i would love to i mean it's a little bit it's crazy how how travel in canada works it's more expensive for me to fly to toronto than it is for me to fly to iceland um but i would love to go to eve north and i know you guys are not too far from toronto so i'd love to meet you guys there well, that'd be a fun one to do things further south but i'll definitely go down and i may yeah you know he's a wee little bit further south He's a good old Southern boy. It's one of those things that, like, those kinds of events, like, I would love to just, you know, I I was supposed to be, it's funny, I was supposed to be in Spain and Italy when COVID broke out. My wife was already in the UK waiting for us to join her. The ladies had gone over a couple weeks in advance and we're having kind of a ladies, uh, her mom and her sister. And we were supposed to, the husbands were supposed to join them there. And then 
we're like, oh, well, uh, Sicily's now an outbreak center. Uh, well, maybe we'll cut that from our trip. Well, we're still going to Barcelona, right? And then like the next week it was like, well, Barcelona's shutting down. And uh, here I've been working from home for two years now. I am dying for vacation. So, <laughs> I mean, like I'm thinking of going as far as actually booking significant time out of my schedule when COVID's done to just go to Eve events. Yeah. Just like meet everybody. Yeah, I'm... I, I had that itch, you know, COVID with last year, like normally I started getting a lot, okay, I started getting back into backpacking, like it's my huge thing. And so uh, this year I was actually planning it for, I actually had it planned for last year before COVID outbreak, had an outbreak. I was supposed to go to uh, Norway, go backpacking Norway. And I was supposed to go back to Isle Royal National Park because I love my week long of no internet, no cell phones, like just oh, getting away. Great. And yeah, now it's, IT. I don't, I don't want to be plugged in. I yeah. Just, now, I spend all day in front of a computer. Yeah. Now, so now it's like, well, of course I went and because everything is so reduced and, and my state's finally starting to open things up a little bit. I looked and I was like, I'm not spending like 16 days on an Island with no running water where I have to filter everything. And I'm not wasting that much time off. And it's like in the back of my mind, it's like, all right, maybe I should start planning my Iceland trip. Like I didn't do it when I turned 30, like, Iceland for my birthday. And it's one of those things. Like you, we do need those getaways. And I do look forward to like events popping up. Cause I think Eve Northeast is still, still supposed to happen this year. I, I think, think they're planning it. Happen, yeah. I think they're planning it for September and I'm kind of tempted to drive out. Cause that's how my way to visit my sister on the East coast. On the other hand, as much as I want to see all the people who play Eve and I want to like, you know, maybe it'll be a little awkward getting back to the stage where I'm a big hugger. It'll maybe be a little bit of a, a, an adjustment to get people back to that comfort level again. But I also <laughs> kind of all in a big way, want to see people unplug. Like we've all been you know, zoom called to death and we're all done with discord. Like I, I would love to just see everybody take a big break from the game and take a big break from, from being online. Like you said, go backpacking, unplug. Find your plug, plug a little bit. A, yeah, find yourself at a place where you have to boil your water before drinking it. Like, <laughs> you, know, you know, hang out with, you know, even hang out with your fellow Eve nerds someplace yeah. barbecuing for, you know, one day on a weekend. Like, go camping on the lake or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, just get out and connect with people um, in a way that doesn't require being in front of a computer screen. I think for everybody's mental health and for everybody's enjoyment. You know, yes, we love this game and yes, we, we deeply love the community. But, you know, got to take care of yourself first. And yeah. I think, I think we all need to stretch our legs a bit. And even I even that, this, I just want to, you know, one last thing, because I know you're probably, you know, ready to run too. Um, I just want to say, you know, that, that that one weekend of getting away, and even if it's hanging out with, you know, fellow Eve nerds, you know, it could be a giant mm. recharge of your batteries of, oh, I can start new timers every night again. But... All right, Juris, I'm sure you got things to do with your family and whatnot. I was going to say thank you guys so much for having me and Brisk on the show today. I know he had to run a little bit earlier. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Uh, as always, I love talking with members of the community, and you guys in particular are hugely interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah well, we'll, we'll keep you in the roller decks. And, you know, I want to hit Brisk up every once in a while just so I have something to wear a tie with. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm always happy to be a talking head, or in this case, a detached voice. Yeah. And uh, if you... Uh, yeah, if you ever want me on the show, I'm always happy to come back. All right, sounds good. Um, well, Juris, good luck. Brisk, I didn't get to tell it to you, to him, but I hope you guys make it through and you guys are wearing that beautiful CSM title. I hope so. We'll see. How it goes. <laughs> this is my fourth year running, so 
I'm just going to keep running until they say yes, or yeah, until enough people vote for me. That you know, maybe maybe you can just start, you know, maybe pitch the triangle angle if we don't get someone in, and you know, we can start pushing you on that <laughs> down that path. At least that's a couple hundred votes, right? Absolutely. Thank you guys again so much for having me. Right, yeah, All right. Absolutely, man. Anytime. All right. Next time, uh, next week, Sunday, we might have a show. It'll be a later show. It is Father's Day in the United States and Fourth of July weekend. We are not having a show. So until next, guys, guys, go murder some ships. <laughs>